Hi, everyone. This is Jackie Cooper with Crypto Mom 2, J. Cooper Travels and Love Travels Scotland. I want to thank everyone for hopping on today. I have a really special guest that I have chatted with on her show, and I invited her to come over to my chat so that way we can explore her background, which is really diverse and inspiring uh, for those that are going to be listening. If you are on the audio side, definitely hop over to my YouTube side so that way you can also kind of see different things that we might be sharing during our conversations. Before I have um, Brooke introduce herself, I am going to just share a little bit about me in case you're new to Crypto Mom 2. Um, I, my background's a lawyer. Uh, I've been in law for many years. I'm also a special educator and um, a blockchain enthusiast. I've written a number of books and I am definitely um, a an advocate for individuals exploring, educating, and asking questions. And so that's why I think it's really important for the conversation that we're going to have today, because there's so much evolving in this space, and there's so many players in this space. And it's really important that as you, whether you're advanced in knowledge or you're a newbie coming to this space, it's important that you constantly are um, getting your source of information from more than one source and that you are thinking about um, being proactive. So uh, with that being said, I'm also sort of required to do the disclaimers. This is not financial advice. It's not legal advice. It's purely educational. It's not investment advice. And with that being said, I would like to introduce Dr. Brooke. How are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Thank you, Jackie, for allowing me the time to be here with you today. We had such a great time on my show. And just to add another little caveat, you know, you said it's not financial advice, it's not legal advice. And I would also say it's not health advice as a practitioner. So because I may be talking about some health stuff today, but thank you so, so much. Yeah, I'm excited to have a continuing conversation with you. I know we were chatting offline before we got online, and there's a lot of overlap between both um, the body, the world, and our mind. And so um, before we kind of get into the the details of what we're going to be talking about, I love stories, and I love your story. Why don't you go ahead and um, maybe explain to everyone who's listening how you got started and just like my career is not straight and narrow. I know yours hasn't been, but we apply the skills that we've learned to a lot of our passion projects yeah. and, um, and that makes it fun. And that's, you know, again, what life is about is, is uh, using the education we have to help others. Yes, yes, yes. So I actually, you know, after high school got started in the financial world, went to college for accounting and really, you know, worked in that industry for 12 years. So I was doing a lot of, you know, reports and financial things and, you know, AR and AP and all your typical bookkeeping stuff. I, I will not say I'm not a tax person. I understand a little bit of tax stuff, but I, that wasn't my world. It was more, you know, the accounting profession and doing that kind of work. So I always have had this very like breaking things down with numbers and you know, utilizing spreadsheets and understanding, you know, debits and credits. And prior to my accounting career, I was into banking. So that's kind of how this whole thing ties in. So after that, um, I got pregnant with my daughter 
And during the pregnancy, I was just planning to do everything very traditional, very conventional. You know, what most moms are taught, you go into the hospital, you get the epidural, you do all this stuff. And I had a dear friend of mine uh, tell me, hey, have you thought about possibly having a natural childbirth? And honestly, I didn't think about it one single time because my mom had five kids. She had the epidural, my grandma, you know, like there were all kinds of people in my world that that's just what you do. So I didn't question the common knowledge, right? That we're, we're kind of accustomed to this common knowledge and most of us don't question it until this friend said something to me. So I go down the rabbit hole because I am the person who loves to research, who loves to learn new things, who loves to just educate herself on new ways of thinking. So I go down this rabbit hole and lo and behold, I find that there's a huge community of people who do these natural childbirths and do, you know, have alternative methods in their healing, which I'm going to spare all the details, but it's what got me into chiropractic. Um, you know, I went into chiropractic with this understanding that it is holistic healing and it is very alternative and it's non-conventional and, you know, wellness approaches. So I was getting adjusted during the pregnancy. My labor was really quick and easy. Uh, I would say, you know, that's not the norm. That's not the case for everybody, but I was in labor with my first child and only child for four hours, um, which, you know, my mom had this long drawn out um, labor with me. So that led me from the accounting world to, oh my gosh, like I really have this deep passion of wanting to help others heal and wanting to help others understand that, hey, you don't have to follow the traditional model of this. You can do something very different. And so I went to chiropractic school. I was inspired to go into chiropractic school. My daughter was, you know, at a very young age when I left to go to chiropractic school and learned what I needed to learn and came back to my hometown, which I went to school eight hours away from my hometown. And honestly, like here I am practicing chiropractic during my chiropractic uh, schooling. I had a couple of friends of mine going like, you need to buy Ethereum. You need to get into Ethereum. And I'm like, what in the freak is this? Okay, first off, we're living on student loan budgets and you're trying to tell me to invest in something. One, I have no idea what it is. If they had said like a stock, like most people, I would say like the majority of, of people understand the stock market to some degree. They may not understand the technical stuff, but they know, oh, you put money in the stock market, you may gain, you may lose. But when someone's talking about crypto, and Ethereum, I'm like, this is so brand new. And, and I'm not throwing my student loan money into this. I don't know what it is. And so that was in 2017. I did not invest. And so I get back to San Diego, which is where I'm from. And, you know, I'm in line at a, a an amusement park with my daughter and this guy's talking about crypto. And I said, oh, let me ask you a question. You seem to know a lot about crypto. Uh, what's the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum? Can you tell me something about it? And I kid you not, this guy tells me, Bitcoin has no CEO and Ethereum does. And I sat there with the blankest stare on my face. Like imagine being a newbie who understands nothing about cryptocurrency and someone tells you that it doesn't answer any questions for you. It doesn't tell you any key differences, nothing. So he, like I'm even more turned off 
from the crypto space than but, I was. But at it's the really, time when it's really interesting that he, he said something like that. So I'm going to yeah. let you keep going, but it's, I've never heard anyone describe the difference between the two. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. Right. But it doesn't provide any basis on really what the, two, what makes the two so different. Right. Yeah. And so I was just like, not about it. And I was practice. I was in practice. I still am in practice and I was seeing patients and I had a dear friend of mine who I've known for like 15 plus years come into the office. You know, he's got a lot of back pain. I'm like working on him. And I, I want to stop or pause right here and just say really quickly, I don't practice traditional chiropractic. Um, there is a sense of intuition involved in what I do. And so there's, there's some of that as well. Anyway, he's lying on my table and he's like hooting and hollering about some token to get into. And I'm like, oh, dear God, not you. Like, <laughs> you did not drink the Kool-Aid. Here we are. Like, wow, I can't believe that. I would never have thought it would be you to be this person. Right. And so he's telling me and oh, you got to get in. You got to get in. And I'm just like, oh, my God, at this point, I'm in practice. I'm not a student. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put a hundred bucks in. I'm going to check his box. I'm going to say, I did it. You know, I got in and I'm going to let it go. And that's exactly what I did. And that was early 2021. I just checked the box and I let it go. And I would per like really just kind of check it out. Like every couple of weeks, you know, I'd be like, oh, where are we at? Okay. You know, I'm $107. And then all of a sudden I'm $93 and I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, I don't care if it's gone. And then one day, Four months later, so we're like now into May or four or five months later after this, I'm walking in the grocery store, just casual grocery store outing and never have had this happen. I'm in the grocery store with my daughter. We're just pushing the cart around and I walk in and all of a sudden this strong intuitive feeling comes over my body and it's like, you need to buy more of that token. And I'm like, Mind you, I, I mentioned to you, I don't practice traditional chiropractic. There is intuition. So I learn, I've learned to trust myself over the years, trust that intuition that it's like guiding me some direction. And so I'm in the grocery store and I get this huge wave of intuition, buy more of that token. So I'm like, oh my God, well, I hadn't transacted with the app, with the centralized exchange that I bought the token on since January. So I'm over there fumbling around trying to figure this out, like, you know, spending the entire trip in the grocery store. Thank God my daughter's a little older now and she can be sufficient, self-sufficient and putting the stuff in that she knows we need to get. Uh, but by the end of that trip, I added another $100 into that um, token. I literally woke up the next morning and that $200 turned into like 1200 bucks overnight because it was just skyrocketing and skyrocketing and skyrocketing. And I'm like, okay. I said, I went to chiropractic school to understand how all of the pieces of the body work together, how the brain communicates to the liver and the liver to the stomach. And I can handle all of the knowledge and, and put all the pieces together. And then coupled with the intuition, it allows me to take my body of work to a whole new level. I said, I can't base all of my crypto investment decisions purely on intuition. I need to actually understand how this works. And from then on, I really dived into the rabbit hole. We talk about the rabbit hole a lot. So many people in this Web3 space go down these rabbit holes, but they're so incredibly beautiful because what you discover in that hole is the most magical world 
like to ever exist in our lifetime. Like, at least for me, I'm like super, super excited about this. And now, you know, I, I have my healthcare practice. I see patients all the time and I've become such a educator in blockchain and helping people understand really what this is. So you really don't miss the boat. So I, there's a few things that you were saying. I really appreciate the fact that uh, one, you didn't mention the platform because there are a lot of different platforms that are out yes. there. Also, yeah. you, you didn't mention the token, but for those that are new to the blockchain world, um, there is a, um, <laughs> how do we define this? There, there is Bitcoin, which is yeah. the first, the first coin, um, uh, cryptocurrency, and then everything else is an altcoin. Mm-hmm. And um, as you are starting, uh, you the the listener, um, as you are starting to to learn more about the altcoins, there are tokens, mm-hmm. and then there are altcoins, and mm-hmm. there's a whole whole plate. Um, you know, if you're going to use the the analogy of nutrition, there's a whole plate of coins that you can put on. You know, that might be vegetables or fruit or protein. Yeah. So again. Make sure that, um, and and I know that um, Rick is going to be talking a little bit about this today, but make sure that when you are looking at things that you actually understand the definitions of what it is that you're putting money into. And um, and then there's a whole slew of questions to ask about the platforms uh, before you put the money into it. So <laughs> again, I mean, every, everyone over the past two years has heard about Celsius and FTX and mm-hmm. a lot of the other um, ups and downs that have happened. So again, you know, being um, investors, we also have to educate. And and I agree with you, um, using your intuition is really important. Um, mm-hmm. It's very important. And that, that can be both for an investment side, as well as for a cautionary side, like stop, don't do it. Yes. So, you know, again, yes. you know, you can, you can have that little voice on your shoulder saying, be careful, be careful. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't listen to it, that can, that's going to get you into as much trouble as, as, as going forward. So uh, definitely do your research and use your intuition, but mm-hmm. make sure it's balanced. <laughs> De- definitely, definitely. Cause sometimes what ends up happening is our intuition, that internal guidance system that we're all born with, we get caught up in our heads and yes. we're using so much of our thought process. And maybe we're watching YouTube videos and these guys are shilling coins or telling you to buy something or, Hey, this is going to the moon. And you get in your mind and you feel like it's your intuition, but it's not your intuition. If you're thinking of it, like very, um, I don't know how to like say this the best way to define it. It Your intuition is almost that small, quiet voice. Yeah. So if you're feeling these like, like, um, really loud thoughts coming through your head. Like, Oh my God, he says to buy, he says to buy, I better buy it. Oh my God. Well, how do I get my wallet connected? Fear of missing out. Like you're, you're frantic. That's the emotion. That's not your intuition. That's not, that is you getting caught up in someone else's idea of what they think that is the best case scenario. The other thing I just wanted to, to share with everyone. I'm loving the fact that we have, um, two women on talking about this. Yeah, the the idea that now granted for everyone who's listened, I interview a a lot of guys and I, and I love talking to them too. But the fact that, you know, women are getting involved in this space and are, you know, both thought leaders, visionaries, entrepreneurs within this space, 
you know, I, I'm very excited about that. Um, and, and also excited to hear everyone's lessons learned and, and directions. And mm-hmm. I know that you, um, are a speaker and you, um, totally like I do believe in education and you recently, um, and the last year, even though there's other things that you're doing this year as well, um, gave a talk. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to kind of share some of the slides because, um, Again, I'm all about visuals and learning, being an educator and a special educator, but feel free to share your screen if you want to kind of talk about um, some of the insights that you've gathered over the past few years. Yeah, definitely. And before I share my screen, I just want to share with you guys, the listeners, what what I'm going to go through here today is, you know, in the Web3 over um, encompassing space, you hear the term web three, or maybe you hear the term crypto, but you don't understand how all of these other pieces, you know, Jackie said, you know, about blockchain and I talk about blockchain. Well, what is blockchain and how does that relate to crypto? And, you know, then you hear these things, NFTs and what are NFTs? And I think that's the biggest struggle for most people, especially getting more people onboarded into web three is my friend wasn't talking originally in chiropractic school, when he said to buy Ethereum, he wasn't talking about blockchain. He was talking about crypto. And when my, when my patient came in, my friend of many, many, you know, years came in, he was talking about crypto, not blockchain. And so there's a lot of disconnect in people's mind and they hear all these different projects. And Jackie mentioned something so important, there's a huge difference between coins and tokens. And I'm going to show that in the visual and we're going to kind of put this together. Um, So yeah, so I wanted to preface uh, that um, with what I'm going to be showing you guys here today. And so here we are, you know, if you're seeing the screen, uh, crypto blockchain NFTs, oh my, there is so many, right? What are they and how do these guys all relate together? Well, the first thing is, whoops. That's okay. There's a lot of, you're, you're also, for those that are looking, um, Brooke is just going to do a short overview. So she might yeah. be flipping through a, a lot of different slides. And, um, and so this is, uh, the link will also, uh, her, how to reach her will also be embedded within the blog below. Perfect. So, so the foundational piece of the Web3 world is blockchain. That is the concrete of, of the, if the house is being built on concrete, blockchain is the foundational piece. And I'm going to use a beautiful analogy that I hope helps put everything into perspective for you guys beyond just the concrete of a house. But the blockchain is what holds the cryptocurrency. So Ethereum is a blockchain that built, other people can build on top of. holds cryptocurrency. It holds legal contracts. It holds state identification. It holds company products. It is what holds all of the information. And what makes blockchain unique compared to the way that traditional information is being shared is instead of having everything in a silo type of thing, blockchain allows information to be distributed. So it's it's a distributed ledger all across the globe that keeps this chain of information together and it cannot be changed or manipulated. Once something gets added to the blockchain, it is there and it cannot be manipulated. Which also allows for for, um, the security of it because if someone is trying to uh, manipulate it, 
then that impacts and and triggers um, cautionary things. So I'll let you keep going. Yeah. And, and the one piece I do want to add that I failed to mention is that, you know, there's no central authority for the most part. I, there are the rare exceptions. But the idea with the way information is is shared is like, okay, the Federal Reserve in the United States, they hold all of their information, right? There, that's a centralized authority. Or, you know, Apple computer has their their you know cloud services in their central stuff. The blockchain is distributed and it's not decentralized. You'll hear that term decentralized. Okay, so moving on, um, currently right now, and I say right now, there's 861 plus different blockchains. So this is why this space gets very convoluted is because there's so much noise and there's so much like craziness, but we don't need to worry about 861 different blockchains. You don't have to invest into every single one of those. You don't have to be a part of every single one of those. You have to have conviction about at least one of them to make some educated um, investment decisions into the Web3 space. So I, this is the analogy I love to use. So let's take all of the countries in the world, right? As of right now, I think there might be 193 different countries in, in, encompassing Earth. And so we're just going to use North America in this example. So if we look at Canada, I have the, the Ethereum logo. We're just going to pretend Ethereum is the country of Canada. And Solana, that's the S there in the United States. Solana blockchain, we'll, we'll pretend it's the United States. And then the Tezos blockchain, we're just going to pretend that it's Mexico. You don't need to worry about the different blockchains here. Just understand that every single one of these 861 plus different blockchains represents a different ecosystem, represents a different country. So like I said, we're using North America as an example. So with that, whoops, with that being said, we know Canada has its own currency. We know the United States has its own currency and we know Mexico has its own currency. You don't transact in Mexico. I mean, areas you can, but most of the time you have to use the peso. And in Canada, you have to use the Canadian dollar. In the United States, you have to use the Federal Reserve note. They have their separate sources of currency. Well, that is what cryptocurrency is. Cryptocurrency is the currency in which the blockchains operate. So if we're in the Ethereum country, if we're in the country of Ethereum, we're going to use the Ethereum coin to transact in that ecosystem. If we're in the Solana ecosystem, we're going to use the Solana coin to transact in Solana and same with Tezos and same with the other, you know, all the different blockchains. But how in the world do we sit here today with over 21,000 different cryptocurrencies? 21,000 different cryptocurrencies. I think most people would be like, oh my God, that's so crazy. Well, there's so many different cryptocurrencies because they're categorized as different things. They're mining based, they're stable coins, they're security tokens, DeFi, memes, metaverse, all of these different coins like have different purposes. But those 21,000 different cryptocurrencies is exactly what Jackie was talking about. Some are tokens and tokens. I do have a slide. I think it's going to come here. It is coins versus tokens. Tokens are part of business. Like think about businesses within the United States. So we have like Target and we have, you know, Am uh, Amazon or we have different grocery stores. We go into those businesses 
and we, you know, transact and do all that. Well, Target has their own like rewards program. Like Starbucks has their own rewards program. They have, you know, you collect your stars and you do these points and you get coupons and all of that. Those are what would be considered tokens in the blockchain space. But sometimes we see that 21,000 cryptocurrency on that prior slide, tokens and, and coins kind of get lumped together. So they don't get dis dispersed out to say, oh, this is this and this is this. They just go, okay, well, these are all cryptocurrencies. But the coins are the ones that actually operate those blockchains. That would be like the Federal Reserve note for the United States. That would be like the Canadian dollar for Canada. And that would be the Mexican peso for Mexico. So it's not about getting, you know, really caught up in the weeds and thinking like, I don't know how to make sense of all this, because really it's a lot easier to do research in the blockchain space when you understand how the pieces kind of fall together. So if you look at um, I think the next slide here, I'm, I want to talk about doing your own research. Yeah. There's a, a place you can go to coin market cap. There's many other ones, but, but coin market cap allows you to do some research. You could do it on their app. You could do it on their website. Um, and they just list out in this first little, um, screenshot that I have here, they have chains. Now this isn't every single chain listed in this screenshot, but if you continue to keep going down, you can find which ones are blockchains, which ones are the countries of the world. Okay, we see Ethereum there, we see Binance, we see Tron, Solana, all these different ones. And then you can actually break them down on CoinMarketCap by category. So what things make up the Solana ecosystem? What makes up the Avalanche ecosystem? And then you can dive into it further and and really figure out oh that's a token that's a that's a business built on the Solana chain and they have their own token and so oh i believe in the Solana chain again this is not financial advice it's just me throwing something out <laughs> not that i'm saying i believe in the Solana chain but let's say i believe in the Solana chain and i want to be a part of everything on their ecosystem well i can choose to get involved in projects or tokens within the Solana ecosystem and, and or Ethereum or, you know, whatever. So think of NFTs, because I, I, I think I kind of skipped over that part. Yeah, non-fungible um, tokens, yeah. Yep, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, Here here's that. Um, Think of those guys as the businesses, quote unquote, businesses built on those chains. So I use the example about Target and um, um, Starbucks here in the United States. They have their own, you know, little programs within their company. Like you, you obviously buy your coffee with, with the currency of the time, but you get your rewards in, in their currency. Um, so NFTs are just basically different projects built on top of a certain blockchain. So some NFT creators, some people building out their NFT project might decide to build it on a different chain than Ethereum. And so you just have to, you know, when you're looking into this, you can even ask creators like, oh, what chain are you built on? If it's some rink-a-dink blockchain that you like have no faith in, you've done research and you're like, oh my God, that's the smallest blockchain ever. I don't even see how it's going to succeed in the future. Then maybe you think twice about actually investing in that project. But this is a way to kind of cut through the noise and really kind of do some due diligence and not feel like you're getting really overwhelmed with all this stuff, because I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was in the rabbit hole in the very beginning of all this, it was just so much stuff coming in. 
until I was able to sort it through in my mind and go, oh my God, these are all these, you know, ecosystems within e e ecosystems. And then the beautiful thing is, is there's things now called bridges. I was just about to talk us, about that, the cross chains. Yep. Yes. <laughs> there's bridges now that allow us to travel within countries. So to use, to continue with the analogy, here we are with the North America. Well, we can travel from the United States to Canada by car. We can get there by plane. We can go to Mexico by train. We can get anywhere we need to go by car, plane, train, boat, wherever. Those are what bridges do. They allow you, the cross chains, like Jackie said, they allow you to travel between ecosystems and, and play in those worlds. And that's the exciting thing because this is so expansive and growing at such a rapid pace that there's so much opportunity still on the table. Even what, where are we at? Like 13, 14 years in since uh, Bitcoin came out? <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. And the other thing that's happening is that um, major companies are starting to get involved with yeah. putting their products out. And a lot of the, what I call friction that that's existed over the past few years in terms of um, having to open up a wallet, m moving your, your funds yeah. from the dollar or fiat to the crypto side to purchasing products or whatever, all of that in the next five years is going to become a lot more seamless, yeah. a lot easier. So that way, um, you know, major countries right now are using Bitcoin as their primary um, currency. And mm -hmm. so, you know, again, um, people who are in those countries are able to, like you said, buy coffee, buy food, buy product, mm -hmm with using this type of cryptocurrency. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot of development that's happening all around the world. And I love the fact that you're using countries as the idea to understand the ecosystems. It, um, yeah. it makes it a lot simpler to, to look at and to understand. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and stop screen share. Yep. Um, but that, that basically kind of concludes my blockchain 101, I know I went through that fairly quickly. I, I, you know, have given a bigger presentation. I've even considered doing a whole YouTube video recording of the presentation, moving through it in a lot slower pace so people can understand, you know, how to do the research, how to do it. But it really makes it, like you were saying, it kind of simplifies it. Yeah. And, and so when you are doing research or when you hear somebody on YouTube trying to shill a coin or talking about some project, you then have the capacity to go in and go, oh, well, tell me about this and, and see all the information that you need to see because the information is there. But what happens is a lot of people get very overwhelmed by it all. And then they don't want to like, it's almost like the mind goes blank. And when I speak with patients, when I'm telling them, like we have two systems of our autonomic nervous system. We have our fight or flight, which in medical terms is considered your sympathetic nervous system. That is like your body is shunting all of the blood to your arms and legs and, you know, getting you ready to run from a tiger because that's what it thinks it's in. It thinks that it's in a state of fear and stress. Yeah. You also have a second branch of that autonomic nervous system that's more calming and resting and puts you more like you digest your food. You can think clearly because when you're in that fight or flight running from a tiger crazy, 
you shut off your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex is so important for making behavior um, decisions, emotional decisions, and thoughts. Behaviors, emotions, and thoughts all happen in the prefrontal lobe. So you don't want to be buying or investing anything in Web3 if you're too much like this. That was true. So, very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I, I love everything that you're sharing. I know that. Um, why don't you go ahead and share information about how um, those listening can uh, follow you on your yeah. show and also how to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website, my and it's my health website, but my information to contact me is also there is drbrook, B-R-O-O-K, no E at the end. And my last name is Sheehan. So drbrooksheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N.com. Um, but then on Instagram, I am that same Dr. Brooke Sheehan um, on Instagram and my show links for my podcasts are there. I do a podcast called Dr. Brooke on the block yeah. where we talk all things blockchain, uh, not just cryptocurrencies, not just NFT projects, but all things blockchain. And, and I do a lot of lessons in there as well for you and have amazing co-pilots on the show like Jackie uh, here. So, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely have, for those that are listening, if you don't have paper and pen, I'll definitely have a Brooke's uh, contact information. And it was a lot of fun being on her show. I know we have a, a lot of things in common and we have mm -hmm. a lot of topics that we want to talk about. For those listening to one of the reasons why I wrote my book, um, Bitcoin Cinderella, is exactly what you, what you explained is that it's overwhelming when you're trying to learn the vocabulary mm -hmm. of, um, you know, mm -hmm. any area. And just like the um, cryptocurrency has its own vocabulary, the metaverse has its own vocabulary, the NFT world has its own vocabulary right. and, and everything in between. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that it's important to add to your professional and personal library books that will help you or resources that will help you kind of understand and uh, grow as uh, both um, an investor as well as just uh, knowledgeable when people are talking about current events. You know, right. again, it's right. important to be able to discern what the media is saying is true or is hype because right. a lot of times um, it's the, it's the, flamboyant and the glamorous side that gets talked about, but not the nitty gritty or the open source or the coding, even though you don't have to go that deep, uh, just like you were talking about, you know, your nervous system or the DNA, you don't have to go that deep, but you do have to have an understanding of how right. they're put together. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel really compelled to share this because I know that there's somebody, I could just feel it. I know that there's somebody listening right now that might be thinking like, well, that sounds cool and that sounds fun, but I don't care about investing in crypto and I don't care about blockchain and you know, I'm not investing in stocks. I'm just doing my own thing. One thing I want to share with you is you're utilizing the internet every single day of your life. And you can't tell me like you're wherever you're listening to this. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're on the internet. If you're listening to this on podcast platform, you're on the internet. The internet is part of our daily lives, whether we want it or not. This is what blockchain is going to become. So it's not just merely about investing in different blockchain projects, but understanding it enough so that you do keep up with the times because all those people that built websites when Google was still brand new and they were getting top pages and ranks and whatever, I mean, they're number one. 
like their product or their service can totally suck, but they really had themselves out there when all that was happening because they had that advantage to understand that. So don't get caught in the dust, like educate yourself. It doesn't take a lot of time. I promise you, you know, I talked about going through the rabbit hole, but I was just honestly watching YouTube videos while putting on my makeup before going into the office with patients. It does not have to take a lot of time to really start to put some pieces together and gain understanding. Yeah. And I would also add that cryptocurrency is only one small piece of what's going on with the blockchain. I mean, um, I recently came across uh, a post about how the California Department of Motor Vehicle is putting uh, car titles on the blockchain Mm -hmm. because it can preserve and protect um, information that exists for us. And um, real estate titles are also being put on the blockchain. So that way, in case of a weather emergency, the paper copies can get lost, but Mm -hmm. the online version won't. So it's going to be a lot easier if something happens physically in our global world uh, to be able to retrieve information. And again, there's always security, you know, that you have to think about. But I think that this is a tool, like you said, the internet's a tool, the blockchain's a tool, and the the uses that we're going to be seeing as um, this technology evolves, um, it's it's just going to enhance our life, the quality of our life. Yep, I totally agree. <laughs> so with that, everyone, thank you so much, Brooke, for being on. Everyone, as I always say, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. We're all so interconnected and we're all part of one world. And definitely like and subscribe. And I'll talk with you the next time. Thank you so much. Have a great day.